Streusel sind Stossels. That's what we can call it. What's the size of your Streusel? Welcome to the Lions of Liberty podcast. Here is your host, your guide, your shining beacon of liberty, Mark Claire. Well, well, welcome. Welcome on back to the Lions of Liberty podcast. This is the 190th episode. Holy, we are really getting close to 200. This is getting scary. Uh, if you've been following along at home, you'll know that you can find all the show notes for today over at lionsofliberty.com slash 190. And, you know, a lot of you have reached out, by the way, to let us know that you were interested in helping this show financially because you just really like everything we're doing. You like the interviews we're doing. You like these roundtables, which you're going to hear today. And if you're one of these people, well, stay tuned because we're going to have some announcements in the future about several possible avenues to help us out. But in the meantime, you can do so by doing something very, very simple, and that's doing all of your Amazon shopping through our Amazon affiliate link. You can find that link at lionsofliberty.com slash Amazon. It costs you $0 extra to shop through there. And Amazon literally has everything that exists on the planet. So if you need something and you want to buy it online and get it delivered to your doorstep and help us out at the same time, why don't you head on over to lionsofliberty.com slash Amazon, bookmark that link, and you can help us without even thinking about it. It's really a wonderful thing. So we can continue to keep the lights on here in the Lions of Liberty studios where I have a very special guest. It's actually his first time. It's not his first time in, in the studios per se, but it's the first time recording in the studios with me. And that is, to my left, our own legal counsel, one Mr. Rico. Well, well, well. So wonderful to be here where all the magic really happens. Is it everything you ever dreamed it, it would is. be? It's actually more. I've never been to this part of the Claire mansion, so <laughs> it's a, a whole new experience for me. All right, but uh, it's not just you. First, I've also uh, got the man that's usually in this spot. He is uh, located a mere mile or so away at his own humble abode because he finally got his own microphone, everybody. All right, give him a round of applause, Mr. Brian McWilliams. From, from yeah, Colorado I, City, I got my own mic. That's right. I'm in my bat cave of my own, my little my little microphone sanctuary. So, yeah, thank you. I'm a man of the people, yet now I could be better than all of them because I have my own microphone. That's right. And another guy who's got his own microphone. Really, everyone's been upgrading in the last few weeks here. We're really trying to you know, up the quality a little bit for you guys because, well, if you're going to sit here and listen to us for an hour or so, we may as well try to sound as crystal clear as possible. And uh, Mr. Howie Snowden. Are you feeling is your is your head crystal clear after this debate? Oh, it, what, did you say in the beginning is this the 190th debate reaction we've done? It's, uh, it's not the 190th <laughs> debate reaction, but it definitely feels like it. It definitely feels like <laughs> it. <laughs> well, we actually just finished watching the Democratic debate, but we're going to loop back around and talk to that later on because there were actually a good number of political debates this week. There were actually three presidential debates. Most people might not even realize there was another one. But of course, we had the wild anti-Trump fest uh, as the Republican debate this past Thursday. And prior to that, the weekend prior, there was actually a little-known libertarian debate that was put on by the Libertarian Party of Missouri, and uh, as, as you might say if you're from that area. And, you know, a lot of people criticize this debate, uh, myself included somewhat, because I'm an audio-video guy, and if you're, you know, or just a regular person even who likes to watch TV, you might have been disappointed by the quality of the debate. Uh, you know, it was streamed on YouTube, and it's one camera, so you just see a podium with all five guys. Audio wasn't the best. It was kind of low budget, very low budget, like the kind of thing you might expect to see on um, you know, public access. Uh, yeah. So, you know, there's there's good reasons to criticize that. But at the same time, you know, you got to kind of take things in perspective. This is like a local state party who wanted to put on a debate 
and uh, they probably had uh, you know some some a place to do it and not that much money and someone suggested they stream it online so they did what they could to get it online and for the fact is we don't really get libertarian debates online at all or anywhere that we get to see so I, I do give them credit for doing it I mean it's not necessarily production quality I'd want to share with the world I might not say hey everybody look at what the libertarian party put on but it was good to actually see these guys uh, interacting and, and actually put some names and faces together with their statements of these these candidates that we started to hear about over the last few months so uh, well you what, raise a good point there I you know like you said I don't know if I'd necessarily want people seeing that audio quality, which video is not quality. a good so, sign if you're afraid to share the uh, the bait of the yeah the exactly. party that supposedly maybe representing your views the closest uh, with people. Well, you know, if those if the people in the debate, you know, which were five of the leading candidates for the Libertarian Party, knew just how crappy the audio and video would be, I bet they would have raised a little bit of a uh, of a stink about it because yeah, it makes the entire party look bad. This is the debate you're having with all your candidates, and this is the the product you're putting out. I mean, Marty McFly's video camera in Back to the Future, where he's taping the, uh, the you know the Palestinians chasing him around in the terrorist van, had better quality than this. It was awful. It was you the Libyans. Even, you couldn't even see um, who was talking the half the time. It was the you Libyans. Know what I, I have a oh, sorry, Libyans, you're correct. Yes. The Libyans. This was apropos nowadays. Sorry, I'm a stickler for, for um, 80s movie facts. <laughs> As you you know, I've, I've got a suggestion for our listeners. If they don't want to watch this poor quality uh, audio and video debate, I a lot of these candidates have already been on the Lions Liberty podcast. I might as well uh, go to the- Yeah, uh, Howie, coming in with the plugs. Listen to who would you, you interview? Interviewed McAfee. You interviewed, interviewed, uh, interviewed Austin you, Peterson. Steve Howie, Kentucky. you're just giving me more work to do because now I got to link to all this stuff in the show notes. <laughs> no, but uh, yeah, I, I interviewed um, John McAfee. I've interviewed Austin Peterson, who I'm actually going to have back on the show in a couple weeks because uh, I, when I interviewed him, it was before he was a presidential candidate. So I'm actually going to put him up to the fire of some of my own questions that I want to dig, dig into, but also some of our listeners' questions. So if you have a question for Austin Peterson, this would be a good time to, A, drop me an email, mark, M-A-R-C, at lionsofliberty.com, and I can use your question on the show. Or why don't you come over and join the conversation in the Lions of Liberty Forum on Facebook. Just type Lions of Liberty Forum into your uh, little search bar there, and you should find it, and we'll let you look, let you write in um, as long as you don't look too terribly creepy. So come on over. All right. Well, uh, comments about people. <laughs> Rico is so there. thrown off by being in the studio where I this am. is taking place. He's I'm, he's looking around to, in, in uh, wonder, surfing the internet. One, I'm not talking, but I can't do that. He's used to watching porn while he records because <laughs> the teacher is overlooking my shoulder. But uh, the non-professional atmosphere or the quality of the tape seemed to kind of lead into the opening statements, which uh, they were asked why they were a good candidate to be president, and I. Uh, they didn't. I don't know if they were really taking it seriously. Uh, McAfee, I, I don't remember exactly what he said, but it, it seemed to be more of a joke. Like his wife would uh, be mad at him if he didn't win. He said, "Yeah, he spent so much time on this. Like his wife yeah. would be really pissed off if he didn't win." And which then, is like kind of funny, but it's not really saying anything about why we should. And, and support Gary you. Gary Johnson, I think it was. He said, "Well, I've ran Ironman." I've I've flown balloons competitively. Is that a thing? <laughs> I did not know that. <laughs> Apparently, you could be in balloon races. I thought ballooning was like a, just a peaceful activity you did on a, on a lazy no, Sunday. Gary Johnson competitively he threw down the throwing his hat into the ring for the uh, the remake of Around the World in Eighty Days. <laughs> Which I mean, that's I, I'd like to get now. I would watch that John McAfee <laughs> traveling around the world, and not John against, McAfee. Against Gary. Actually, Jackson. screw it. Put them put them both in the balloon. <laughs> John McAfee, Gary Johnson, Jackie Chan in a balloon <laughs> going around the world in 80 days. I mean, and Bernie Sanders flying around throwing money to everybody, taxpayer money, just dropping it from the balloon. If, if you're watching that and you, you 
go in with an open mind, I think you after five minutes, you're like, okay, this is kind of a joke. And, and there was substance later on, but just the the opening doesn't really give you a whole lot of confidence in the party as a whole. At least that was my take. Right. Well, let's just quickly just run through real quick. First of all, for those who haven't seen it, those that might not be familiar with the candidates, just who is up there. Now, this is actually part two of the debate. Uh, part one was, I guess, really bad, bad quality. And um, based on what some people told me, I didn't watch part one. But basically, they had a short debate with 11 people all up there making some statements. And then they did a, a token thing where you voted on who you liked the best, uh, the people in the audience. And then the top five out of that were the ones that got to stay up on stage for that second part that we all watched. So the top five were Gary Johnson, known as the uh, the former Repu- gov- Republican governor of New Mexico. He ran for the Republican nomination um, four years ago for about two weeks, then dropped out when he got dropped from the debates and ran as Libertarian. So he's he's the guy that many have seen as the favorite, as the front runner. We also have John McAfee, of course, um, past Lions of Liberty podcast guest, renowned cybersecurity expert, and generally thought of as a bit of a wackadoo. But, uh, you know, when you actually listen to him speak, both in this debate and when I had him on my interview, I mean, you, he has these, these videos online where he's, you know, telling you how to uninstall McAfee antivirus and and snorting cocaine with a bunch of a bunch of like strippers around him. But, uh, you know, when he's actually talking one-on-one about issues, he doesn't sound nearly as crazy as he's portrayed or even as he portrays himself, uh, in my view. Then you got Austin Peterson, uh, who is basically, um, well, we'll talk about him. He's like I said, he's been on the show before, so you can listen to my interview with him. He is a self-proclaimed minarchist, but um, he to me, he's kind of comes across as sort of the the most Republican seeming in this group. And we can address that more in a bit, too. I think yeah. he's the Marco Rubio of the Libertarian Party. OK, that's possible. He's definitely got I think they're close in age. I think Austin like just turned 36 or something like that. And um, then you had a couple guys on the end, uh, both literally and probably just in the way they're perceived uh, a gentleman by the name of Dr. Mark Allen Feldman, who has not responded to any requests to appear on the Lions of Liberty podcast. So he immediately loses points in my eyes. And um, I didn't really get much out of him. We can maybe address that, uh, his situation in a bit. And then also on the other end, we had Daryl Perry, the self-proclaimed anarchist who was proving this to everybody by, while everyone else is wearing a nice suit on stage, he was just wearing all black. So there you go <laughs> to, to prove that he is an anarchist. He must have been so angry that he didn't get the lead in the new Steve Jobs movie when they that's, that's bit, Well, he has like long hair and a ponytail, so I don't <laughs> think that was going to work out for him. Yeah, when he started talking, I, I made one note, literally one note about Perry watching I that. Have one debate. too. Let's see if it's the same. Or actually, actually, it's okay. Two notes. Two notes. I lied. But the first one was, yeah, he opened up saying like, "We need to totally disband the government," and I was like. He has no chance. <laughs> no point in even really. I mean, look, I understand people are anarchists and we all want small government, but just saying blankly like, oh, if I'm president, I'll disband the government. It's ridiculous. And everybody, Brian, anybody is just immediately going to be like, nah, no, nah, thanks a lot. Go back to your shack. He, he was Brian, does anybody in that debate have any chance, though? Well, maybe would, not in the general election, but they have. I think some people have a chance to grow the party and get exactly. maybe the five percent that they're aiming for and i don't think he does yeah, there's a kind of a building block you'd like to see and uh i think daryl perry actually was advocating for secession which you know always has a possibility to end up violent you know, <laughs> if you want to look back in history so uh that's not really the route i see as far as uh the best 
potential to grow the party. But He also uh, proclaimed the U.S. government to be the greatest terrorist organization in the world, um, which I understand the rhetoric. The U.S. government and the military does often participate in atrocities. They often fund governments that do terrible things. There's legitimacy to that argument, but uh, not really a presidential sounding phrase. That's what I'm going to say about that. <laughs> do you guys think that that, that would be make much of a bumper sticker like Perry 2016? While running to be leader of the greatest terrorist organization in the world. <laughs> well, you know what? He, he's probably going to kill it in the Iran elections. I can't wait to see how he does. <laughs> He'll be the new Shah in no time. And he actually said, it, when, whenever he answered questions, he would say, well, first of all, if I could even, even bring myself to put my hand up and agree to the Constitution, because I don't believe in that thing at all. It's like, okay, well, all right. <laughs> Yeah. Maybe you should be looking into a different job. Perhaps Radio Shack would be more of a rally <laughs> than something that's so much contradicts your, your beliefs. But um, yeah, exactly. You know, look, there, like I, I, there's a lot of people I've had on my show that you know call themselves anarchists that have that conversation. I think that that discussion is perfectly legitimate in all the ways we can do things without government, and that is one thing. But to come across like this, I, I just it's not a it's not a winning strategy, even in the Libertarian Party. Although he did make the vote of the top five, so at least uh, some percentage, I believe. I saw the numbers. I believe like fifteen percent had voted uh, in the people literally in that group in that party that were at the debate voted for Perry, which is what got him on in that top five. So there's a wing out there. Well, there's always going to be somebody that's like, you know what? Screw it. Blow it all up. Who gives a damn? But yeah, as yeah, you but said, I thought it's those not... people just didn't vote then. Or... You, you would think, but I guess maybe for the libertarian the party, they that, do. They're the neckbeards that Austin Peterson's always talking about. Does anyone <laughs> get to vote for the, uh, the libertarian candidate or is it just the people well, that are at the convention? It's I'm... the delegates, right. Okay, so it's there's no primary, there is no quote popular vote for the libertarian party. I, I saw that they were on the ballot in like three states, so I'm like, what three states does that even matter what you mean a primary ballot yeah there's on um, three states some a couple of libertarian there might be state parties that maybe they have gotten primary ballot access or and just do it to do it you know to show oh uh he won this poll vote in our state maybe gotcha. maybe they do that but uh, yeah it's not even that definitely isn't binding because it's 100 percent based on the votes of the delegates at the convention which by the way i would like to plug our good friends the johnny rocket launchpad because they are traveling to the libertarian party national convention and are going to be doing some reporting from there so maybe we will have them on for uh from location or something yeah are, are they going to be delegates at it that i don't know I, I believe heather nixon is might be or is attempting to be so oh, excellent so that would be so cool. who the, so then who let's go through i mean i i don't know if everybody here if we all did watch it from start i to think finish, we've tackled perry well enough yeah we tackled probably say who did you guys like because i there were a couple of people i liked and uh and one guy i definitely didn't like i mean i think all, before I, we pre- move on to then i just want to give one shout out to someone who was not on stage and that's steve kerbell guy who is on this show as well and he was uh, in the hospital with some health troubles, and that's why he wasn't there. And I think he would be in the top five because he actually has a good number of a good amount of support in the Libertarian Party, from what I've been hearing. So uh, shout out to Steve Kerbell. And what is a, a travesty is that he's not being invited to this John Stossel debate, which uh, hopefully we'll be gathering a crew to cover in a couple of weeks. But we'll get into that stuff down the road. Moving right. along, who do you like? I just wanted to give <laughs> okay. a shout well, out to my man. I'll say I had a couple of notes for each for you know each of these people. So I'll just I'll just start with you know obviously McAfee. Uh, I'm a fan. I like McAfee, even though I he had a couple things. I you know he didn't exactly answer the questions about you know 9/11 uh, to the purpose where I thought they were adequate. Like Wait, he kind of went into question? cyber warfare. Well, was they, it, was they, it who did 9/11? No, they're like how, what the would Jews? your response be? Yeah, was, what would your response be to to 9/11? And he went off on this you know tangent about he, he cyber warfare. Christie, didn't he? 
What's that? Wasn't uh, Gary Johnson or, or uh, didn't he go Chris Christie on it? Gary Johnson said, uh, let me see here. He said Gary Johnson went off about saying like they would he would fly across the world to to stop it <laughs> immediately if it happened and go after the people that did it. But <laughs> but he also, I think, said that he would, you know, he would want to, um, you know, only target the people who specifically did it or something. I, I'm trying to remember exactly what I he said. He said he had a close personal connection to 9-11. Oh, well, yeah. He said that the plane. Did yeah. Gary Johnson do 9-11? Yeah, yeah, that was ridiculous. He was said, he a prosecutor? No, I'll tell you exactly. News changed too. That Gary part, Johnson did ridiculous. it. He said that the plane, like the Pennsylvania plane that crashed down, that, that uh, you know, they brought down around Pittsburgh, he said that flew roughly over the area he lived oh in and that was his personal well, connection it's like if that plane had, had crashed slightly earlier and exactly on my house my kids could have been killed well <laughs> all right awkward silence but that, no that's only what he said it's a ridiculous response you know I, I voted for gary johnson last election but i kind of feel like he's half-assing it this time i'd like to go with somebody else myself i, I kind of like what I mean, McPhee, he's not 100% a libertarian, but he's kind of like Gary Johnson. He's got the stature. I think he can get some attention and, like, bring some light to the issues when he's not, like, doing crazy shit and he's actually talking about things. He does come across pretty well-spoken, and he has a cybersecurity plan, which, you know, I wish all the other candidates did. That's going to be a huge issue moving forward. No, that's true. And, um... I mean, I, I know McAfee did say like that it was just, yeah, like it was a, basically a failure of national security. And if he was in charge, he would be able to tackle. He tie, he somehow tied it into China and the cybersecurity war that he's already talking, always talking about. So he kind of did play up the, hey, if you want security, I'm your guy out of that 9-11 thing. He comes across as very Trump-esque to me in a way. I mean, I, and not in a, and not necessarily in a bad way, but, you know, when he was talking, he was talking about his media experience and how he could get media with like a, a snap of his of his fingers and how he had all this business experience and blah, blah, blah. So he really reminds me of Trump in his mannerisms and kind of his cockiness on stage and dropping the fact that he has all this experience with, you know, A, B and C kind of lord that over people. Yeah, he does to me, too. But I think that's an asset. I, I actually think that that would help in a, just to bring light to, uh, you know. But he didn't talk about the size of his schlong at all. <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> so well, wait till stop that difference. Yeah, he's, he might be saving that one. Streusel son Stossels. That's what we could call it. What's the size of your streusel? Oh, boy. <laughs> that's, there's your cold open. You know, I, I think I'm going to off the rails. <laughs> I think I think I would be all about the rails. I think that our <laughs> listeners should all uh, tweet John Stossel and try to get Steve Corbell on in that uh, debate. I actually did tweet John Stossel and, and say he should get Steve Corbell on that debate. So did you see me do that? So that, is that why you're saying that? I did not, but wow, well, I'm glad you did. Just, well, go back it up then, because I already did it. Nice. But no, yeah, Steve's actually- a good guy. He should be in this debate. And, uh, you know, I, I don't, I, I think they're just putting in, you know, for that Fox business debate, I think they're just putting in Peterson, uh, Johnson, and McAfee, because they're just seeing them as the guys that, like, will look good on TV. I don't know how else to phrase it. I think that's what they're, that they're just going for, uh, you know, a, a a acceptable debate, basically. Plus, and, and a guy that with in McAfee that they see is like eccentric, and will draw. They're they're going for pure ratings and not necessarily being fair. And I guess that's probably every debate. Yeah, what pretty about much. Austin uh, Peterson's claim uh, something along the lines of he's responsible for bringing more people to the libertarian movement than anyone else in in recent memory. Yeah, more than Ron Paul. Yeah, or, uh, <laughs> that's what my first thought was. Like, well. <laughs> 
Austin came across as very like he really wanted to drive home that he's patriotic. He said, I love this country from sea to shining sea. And he kept speaking in this like overly bombastic, like, I don't know what he's trying to come across like this, almost like a caricature of a presidential candidate, like a Republican candidate. It was kind of strange. And he just, you know, he just he emphasized restore the republic. And he really pushed down that he's the only pro-lifer in the group. And yeah, he wanted to woo with evangelicals that that actually annoyed the crap. He didn't want a coalition with them. Like the best Republican than the best Libertarian, if that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, exactly right. And also, did you guys catch this? Going back to 9-11, because I have a lot of notes that they talked about it for a while. Did you hear him say, like, he was talking about how he wanted the free market to take care of terrorism and basically was talking about, like, putting bounties on people's heads? Hey, I'm cool with that. Did you guys hear that part, though? <laughs> yeah, it's in the Constitution. <laughs> It was Ron Paul's suggestion too. To I just, I just was like, I, I, I'm not necessarily against it, but I was very surprised to hear him say it. Is that like necessar- the letters of Mark and check or something? Yeah, the le- letters of Mark and reprisal. Yeah, the, my question on that though is, you know, Better we're talking than, like, about bombing Obama. The shit out of a country and occupying it for ten years. Well, listen though, listen though. Here's my problem with that though. Even if it's in the Constitution, we talk about how Obama's using drones to take people out, and there's no, you know, there's no trials taking place. So, I mean, is that the same thing that he's he's advocating for? It's just with bounties instead of using drones. Uh, I'm not sure what maybe our legal counsel can shed light. I don't know. I don't know how much you know about uh, letters of mark and reprisal in law school. How much it they... was uh, not a subject we like. I don't know if there's a le- what the legal process on. is. Like, does does there have to be a like a prosecution? Uh, well, I think. I mean, I think it was basically about piracy. It was, which yeah. you know is, can be kind of extrapolated to terrorism, but there would it be can. you know warrants issued. But there's for specific people, people right? Yeah, um, and you know, basically a bounty would be placed and, and people would, you know, try to collect on it. So oh, this sounds kind of fun. I mean, yeah. I mean, <laughs> why not? Probably Sign cheaper than uh, sending a military over these. If you got a, you know, some kind of retired special forces. And if these are like private groups, I think that are, uh, go on these missions to bounty collect, they should be held accountable for any damage they do. They should be not, not receive the kind of, you know, if the U S government goes in and, and, and destroys uh, three villages searching for a guy, there is no one that's going to be held accountable. I'm not saying in our current system, some private company or whatever would, cause th- in our current system, they wouldn't either, but ideally, ideally, um, you know, you, you hold everybody responsible for their actions and don't just say, you know, the U S government has this clause where they can do whatever and they get away with it. Like, I mean, that's pretty much what happens in Iraq. I mean, they signed over to Blackwater. Well, we won't prosecute you guys if you do anything bad. So rape away, fellas. <laughs> it seems to me it would be more of a cost effective solution, though, because you're not paying an occupying force anymore. If people are going to collect on bounties, they're going to have to put up kind of their own time and expense to get them. And uh, they're going to have to calculate, well, do we have a good chance? Are we going to collect on this? If so, you know, make it worth our time and effort. So, you know, I agree with you there. My, I wonder, like, here's a question for you. Would it be something that would be fully transparent where no. we all know who the bounties are? Or is it something that's going to be done in backroom, well, you know, I'm, FISA I'm courts? Sure, I'm sure you'd have to say, well, this is what the bounty is um, to, to really be. Yeah, you should yeah, put it out there for everybody. Yeah, how else, how else uh, with the bounty hunters? No, I mean, let's not kid. It's good. they're already doing this with you know the, the U.S. has already used assassins many a time to take people out. So that's already done and out there. But yeah, I guess this. Uh, I'm saying, would it be public? Pre like, is it? Yeah, is it a cattle call where they're like, hey, go get this guy. Uh, we'll pay a million bucks. Go shoot him in the head. Like uh, Back to the Future Three, where they had Mad Dog Tannins. Uh, <laughs> <picture on the laughs> 
<laughs> That's two Back, back to the Future references. You people playing at home. We just need to get two in. <laughs> back to back, Back to the Future. <laughs> cover the first. Here, I'll get it in right now. You wanted these. I was grabbing well, my boobs. I got a second because <laughs> in Back to the Future 2, Buford or Biff Tannen is basically Donald Trump. He's and they even said that he's based on Donald Trump. So boom. <laughs> totally. Yeah. That's a fact. Yes. Wow. Bingo. We did it, gang. Bingo. We did it, guys. Literally. We referenced all three Back to the Future movies. <laughs> right, Good night. See you later. Good night. We should wrap that. Yeah, go out on a we high note. Thanks wrap. everybody for listening. <laughs> anyway, sorry if you tuned in for anything about the Democrat or Republican debates, but <laughs> or libertarian debate, as we're talking about. By the way, let me correct myself real quick. We talked about Johnson, but I, I had the wrong note. Johnson actually had a very good comment about 9-11. All he right. said that the U.S. is creating a new 9-11 every few months in the Middle East and that we're continuing a cycle as we have for decades, or I think he said centuries, of international cause and effect, you know, reaction and action type of deal meddling over there, which I thought was a pretty interesting answer. Winner. That is a good answer. Yeah. All right. Let's not spend too much time here because we do have a couple more debates to touch on. But let's just do a quick. Uh, first of all, we haven't mentioned Mark Allen Feldman. So I'm guessing that means he made no impression. on No, me, I liked him. You did like him. OK, I, I actually like really liked Feldman. I, you know, he, he didn't, didn't really make much of an impression on me. Really? See, for me, I, I thought he was pretty well put together. He had, you know, he had uh, he had a little bit of an over exuberant initial response to 9-11 saying we would have an awesome military response. But he said he would never have a preemptive war, which right, that's good. And he also said that he'd rather be dropping basically instead of bomb bombs, you know, culture bombs, aqua Buddha bombs. No, he'd be you know, like more like win the hearts and minds type of idea, which I agree with completely, is that by winning over the cultures of places and changing the culture, you, you know, do a lot more the, to change the, you know, the relationship between countries than you would by bombing somebody and occupying them and forcing them to comply. Uh, and then he also had a good point. An interesting point in immigration, a lot of the people called for open borders, but I like that he just said, literally, he's like, they say you can't have open borders and a welfare state. I say, good, open the borders and watch the welfare state fall apart. Uh, can I introduce a few fun facts about Mark Feldman? Yep, you sure can. First, Definitely. <laughs> he is from, like John Kasich, he's from the great state of Ohio. Oh, Ohio. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> second, he ran for the uh, Ohio State treasurer a few years ago, but failed to collect enough signatures to get on the ballot. Ouch. But he made the main stage for the libertarian debate, so that's uh, good. <laughs> and uh, third, it says he's never bothered to register to vote until he was 50. So he's, uh, well in tune with the political process. hashtag Feldman facts. This will be a weekly segment. So we're going to bring you on, and uh, until he comes on the show to answer all all of my questions about him, we're just going to give you random facts about him every week. I just decided that right now. Okay, <laughs> your now, Feldman moment. Let's uh, let's try to move beyond this libertarian debate. Let's just do quickly. I'll ask each of you guys just who who came across the best to you guys, and who. Well, I'm pretty sure we all, well, I don't know what we all agree on. So who, who do you think is just should not even be running and should not be there would, would actually make the party and libertarianism look bad? And who do you think should be the nominee just from based, just based solely on this appearance and based on these five guys, even though there are other guys in there that we might find out about later on. So Howie, we'll start in Leesburg since you're on the East Coast and you got to get to bed soonest. Yeah, just based on the, the way they come across on the media, I would have to say, you know, Gary Johnson or John McAfee would need to be uh, the spokesperson for the movement right now out of those five guys based on that performance. All right, Brian. Uh, I totally agree with Howie. It's got to be McAfee or Johnson. Johnson, I, he actually grew on me a little bit, even though I, I can't support him because he's he's been out there so much. It's like, all right, you've had your shot. So I would say McAfee, uh, put him out there. And I think Perry should be dropped. He's just he's so far out out of what mainstream people can even contemplate, it would be pointless and a detriment to the party to, to trot him out. 
Rico. Um, yeah, I, I I don't see Daryl Perry going anywhere. I don't see uh, Fun Facts Feldman going anywhere. <laughs> How dare you? I told you. But there's so many sc- facts about me. He's carved out a place in my heart. He looks like Myrtle Wikipedia. Eternal. I agree with you about uh, or Howie and Brian about McAfee and Johnson being a likely. But I think uh, Peter Peterson seems to be the most, I don't know, if I should say polished or at least taking it the most serious based upon the performance. He seemed like he really had and scripted answers, which might, might be make him seem like he seemed like the most already a politician, yeah. I guess I would say. And I think that's probably going to serve him going forward. But will it serve him with this crowd, with the libertarian party? No. Cause that's all that matters really. Cause it's these well, delegates. Does it matter with the party or with the delegates? Because if he's, well, the delegates you know, are, be- are, Party members. Maybe so. he's got that Rand Paul organization boots on the ground. <laughs> uh, you just, better hope he know. doesn't have that Rand Paul organization because look, is, that is went just nowhere. The, I I just I don't know. I find Austin Peterson to be. I probably should say some coming on the show, but he came across okay. to me as incredibly unlikable in this debate. He can take like, criticism, and that, that's all. All you said was unlikable. He calls people douchebag neckbeards. So I think yes, yeah, that that's well, true. But yeah, I don't, I, he just came across as very uh, very condescending and. Just super douchey to me. I, I really didn't like him. And I also was I also was pissed off because everybody else came out against the drug war when they were talking about prisons. And he was the only one that didn't bring up the drug war as a cause for a lot of uh, people being in prisons. Interesting. But that um, that to me. That's a good point. I yeah, I, I don't know. He, I think he needs to, to cool it down a little bit. Uh, I think he's going to put people off I feel like uh, he maybe down little, the road a bit when he's, like uh, he when he's had a chance to write it. A little like just too like really wanted to prove that he was a presidential candidate more than just being up there and calmly like answering questions. He felt too rehearsed to me. Yeah. Overall. Uh, to answer- jumping in on people too. Like he was, there was a moment, I think he and Gary Johnson were going about it and he was like, you know, pulling a, uh, pulling a Rubio on Trump move or, you he, know, he where he's like breaking Gary Johnson in quite a bit on the Facebooks. No, really? Well, he was attacking like- him in the debate too, like breaking in. Yeah, Which again was very annoying because you couldn't tell who the fuck was talking <laughs> during this thing. So it takes you like somebody speaks and you're trying to squint at this tiny head to figure out whose mouth is <laughs> which, moving. Which tiny pixelated mouth is moving? <laughs> they look like Tecmo Bowl players. Like, it was covered fuck? by his facial hair, so I'm not sure. Wait, <laughs> exactly. Is Feldman's mouth moving or is that just his weird twitch? Uh, <laughs> anyway, um, I actually I do kind of like John McAfee, but if I'm going to be serious here for a moment um yeah rico gets I, my inside jokes <laughs> um that I, I don't i think that i mean the whole i i have questions about this murder thing not not i don't necessarily think he did it i kind of do buy his story that the the belizean government had it out for him but I'm glad you don't necessarily but, buy that he murdered someone <laughs> yeah no i <laughs> which which I is praise. my point that because of that like big question out there that a lot of people do believe he killed somebody he just might not be the best person to put up there unfairly so quite possibly uh, i'm just trying to be realistic here that's all. So for that, I think that's what tilts things in favor of Gary Johnson. And because I feel like Gary Johnson maybe just knows more about the ideas of liberty and a lot of those concepts, whereas McAfee kind of just jumped onto this libertarian bandwagon because he saw it as the best chance of getting on the ballot in all 50 states. I- Although he does have a lot of positions that line up very well. Not everyone needs to be, you know, reading freaking Murray Mar- Rothbard till 3 a.m. every night. So, I mean, that he doesn't need to be some Puritan to come across well. So, I mean, I, I do like, I think McAfee is like a, oh, my one a but i mean johnson i think i out of these guys after really watching them here and we'll learn more when we see him debating over the next few months but i, I think i still see johnson as my numero uno. No, no johnson is i i agree with you far and away the most polished I, you know his positions are good his speaking points are very good again i just i think it's like three strikes and you're out you know it's like that's only he only has one strike he only ran one other time 
So all right, he's, fine. Uh, he's got another. Story. I guess I guess I just <laughs> heard about him so much in the past few years that I'm just like, eh, That's Gary Johnson's the old hat. Internet is crazy, and they've been talking about him for four years. But and, all right, well, I'll change yeah. my vote then. I will also support Gary Johnson then of this right. crop. He's winning the Lions of Liberty straw poll right now that the coveted. <laughs> it's very important. <laughs> and uh, did did Perry get fifteen percent again? What's that? Oh, never mind. It was oh, a libertarian a straw poll joke. Okay. Out of us? Is, yeah. is any of us for Perry? No, nobody is. <laughs> okay, good. All right, let's move along because uh, we did have what some would call a Republican debate earlier this week. But to me, this was very clearly the let's take Trump down. We have to take him down before this shit gets out of control show. There was no other reason for this debate that was i'm surprised trump didn't boycott it like he boycotted the last one obviously didn't hurt him he went and swept super tuesday not long after it so i don't even know why he attended this debate but clearly fox and megan kelly were under you know marching orders i may i may have to disagree with you okay well this is just my timeline is off well, well, he okay. he did well on Super Tuesday. Yeah, I was then, then he went to the debate, which he should not have done. No, no, no. But the Fox debate he was before Super Tuesday, the first one that he skipped. How many? Oh, OK. I see, yeah. I but I don't think this last debate helped him at all. No, it didn't and, and at all. Yesterday um, definitely didn't serve his, uh, you know, his campaign well. Um, for, oh, and. <clears throat> So I believe Cruz won Kansas. He won Maine and Trump did worse than Well, he won Louisiana, but not nearly as and Kentucky, but not nearly as uh, solidly as he won the Kentucky caucus that Rand Paul paid for. How how many (laughs) Brussels are Brussels are bristling from that? I don't even know what that means. I just wanted (laughs) his speech to be like, hey, Rand, you like apples? How you like these apples? <laughs> I mean, that's just, I mean, especially considering Donald Trump was Rand Paul's like primary target during the campaign. It's got to kind of burn that he's paying for the caucus that Donald Trump is going to. I would go more from. with the, uh, what Shaq said to Kobe all those years ago, which probably is not fit for, uh, well, we're explicit today, so go on. Uh, well, I don't. I don't even know this. I'm not. I've a, already dropped two f bombs. Go when for he, it. When he he dropped the uh, rap, how's my ass taste to Kobe after he won the <laughs> championship <laughs> with Miami? Um, yeah, so that was pleasant. <laughs> but uh, that was a little vulgar. But I will why, admit, why did Trump do this debate? It it only seemed to. It made no sense for him to be in it after. Well, he definitely walked into an ambush. I mean, Fox had they had graphics oh. ready and waiting to to spring his like, yeah, especially with the you know talking about making up the budget in and his proposals there. They nailed him on, and yeah, they were. I don't know why he did it either. It seems like, especially with the number of debates they're doing, if I was Donald, I'd be skipping every other one for sure. Especially because he's already got this one where he knows everyone knows about this feud with Megyn Kelly. They know he boycotted the last debate because of Megyn Kelly. He's got the built-in reason. You know, there's no is not a random debate. He could have he already had the reason to skip this one. So, who knows? Maybe he's just feeling overconfident. You know, he's he's won all these states. He's he's leading in delegates, and he said, "All right, I'll, I'll go in there." And uh, you know, they I, he did not come across well. This is the first time he didn't seem entirely Teflon to me. And uh, I think it's very clear that everyone else has just uh, dropped their arguments against each other, dropped everything. This is the anyone but Trump party right now. Um, that's their only goal. And that's why they're all in it. That's why I don't think Kasich is going to drop out even because he's collecting some delegates, even if he's not winning states. Rubio, Cruz, they each have some sort of wing of the Republican Party that's inclined to vote for them. And they're all going to try to keep those those demographics, I guess, from going to Trump because I I don't know how it's going to plan, pan out because Trump is, I think, clearly going to win the popular vote. So does the Republican Party just 
clearly take the nomination from him by colluding and having three guys who didn't get nearly the support that he get the combining to to anoint someone else or anoint one of them as the candidate at the convention. These are not real questions. They're just rhetorical ones. Or, or does he just steamroll and do they finally concede? And then do people start hopping on board like Chris Christie did? I don't, I don't know, but this is, this is crazy. I mean, the he, whole heart, you know, Cruz is really close in delegates. Cruz is yeah. 300 right now. And Trump has 384. If Rubio were to get out and put a support behind Cruz, if, if stopping Trump was their big thing, I mean, they could maybe do it, but I don't, I, for some reason, I don't see Rubio getting out. I think this is a question for Rubio is, is he going to stay in and, and fall on the sword, so to speak, w- with the off chance that he somehow pulls out Florida? Uh, because he's, he's getting crushed in Florida to Trump right now. And, you know, there's been a lot of talk. If he stays in, he gets crushed in Florida. Well, his political future is not very good. Um, so, and I think the only path left in politics for him is like governor of Florida. Yeah, so, and so he doesn't want to have that crushing defeat in his home state to Trump and then try to move forward in politics. But on the other hand, the best chance for a non-Trump Republican is for Rubio to stay in and try to pull off the miracle and, and get the Florida delegates. And once Florida's, you know, th- then Rubio's done. He's got nothing else after Florida. His campaign's pretty much over. But does he stay in and, and risk ruining the rest of his political career just to take out Trump? I think right now every one of these guys is under, not to be a backroom, smoky cigar conspiracy theorist, but I think these all guys are not going anywhere now. I think this is the four. I don't think anyone's dropping out. Carson was the last guy that was just irrelevant completely. Kasich, you could argue to an extent. Maybe Kasich will drop out and get him back Rubio. I could, I could well, see that, but I don't think that I don't think it's going to coalesce around one of Rubio or Cruz. I think Kasich's purpose is similar to Rubio's and stay in, try to win Ohio, yeah. keep that from Trump, and then he becomes irrelevant too. And then if and then the idea, I guess, would be don't allow Trump to win on that first vote because if you have the, the pledge delegates on the first vote, you win. So they want to prevent that many pledged delegates from going to Trump. And then once they get into other rounds, as delegates become released and unpledged, uh, they would hope that they have enough party cronies in among those actual delegates to just, you know, all collectively decide we're going to give it to Rubio or maybe Mitt Romney, Howie's prediction from months ago. Is there any doubt that Trump would not win a contested, uh, whatever, uh, contested debate or I'm sorry, a a broker convention. Yeah. Broker convention. I've blanked on the word, but there's no way he'd win a brokered convention. And I think that's what they're I don't know. He's he's on. the he's the big negotiator, right? Oh, okay. Shouldn't that be his number one strength? It, it'd be nice to see him uh, if they did screw him over. They'll run as an independent and just help have te- tear apart the two party system. Would he have enough time in July to be cut, to get on in the ballots as an independent in fifty states? That's going to take a lot of. I, I think you even have to do it in some states. Well, I guess most. People don't get on the ballot until after their convention, so that's probably not until August, September. I mean, maybe it is theoretically possible, but I feel yeah. like you'd have to have some wheels in motion before and that, that, that before July. He might not even be trying to win, but just to get on enough to just uh, hurt the Republicans, just to screw them over. Or and, the conspiracy is true, and he's there to help Hillary become president. Could you imagine that? If that is if it's true, thing was, <laughs> that would have been the that's the would be the biggest thing that's ever happened in history. What if and, Hillary <laughs> named him the vice president? Oh, be awesome. <laughs> Mind blown. <laughs> oh boy. All right. So what, what stands out from this debate? I mean, I mean, to me, were there any major issues? I think, okay. 
it no, was the right? Nothing changed. We, we've heard, literally watching this debate, and before everybody spoke, I was like, I know what he's going to say on this topic. Nothing, like, nothing was new. There were no revelations made during this debate. I just, that's why I, I don't get why they keep having these every four fucking days, because nothing new is coming out. To make you angry. Well, it's working. They're firing me up. For ratings. The ratings are doing great on these debates, Ugh. probably because of Donald Trump. I'm boycotting the next one. I'm not watching it. I mean, I mean, well, you're I, hosting the show about it, so hopefully you're not entirely boycotting it. Am I? I but we can talk I, about I, that I off not believe. I could not believe that they brought, he brought up his dick size. I, my girlfriend had <laughs> got down to put the uh, the laundry in the dryer. I, I remember just yelling downstairs, like, honey, you got to come up here. Trump's talking about his cock. <laughs> well, we talking about how Howie's calling her honey already. I, I oh, God, yeah. Congrats on your two-month relationship. Though. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, didn't Rubio start that, though? Well, Rubio made a reference about his hand size. His hands, yeah. <laughs> but, he, I, but I think that's kind of an implication about the other thing, isn't it? Yeah, no, totally. It totally was. So Rubio is, everybody's talking about Trump talking about his dick size, but Rubio is really to blame for this whole thing getting started. And I think that came up. Did, now, did Trump start calling Marco little Rubio and little Marco, little Marco. before or after the dick thing? I think, I think after. after. I think was Rubio really hurt, hurt himself that night. I, it seemed like it was his job to go after Trump, but getting involved in that back and forth, I think hurt him pretty bad. Cruz was able to, he stayed out of most of it. And I think it that debate that helped him the most. I think Cruz almost came off in the Donald Trump role where he was kind of speaking down to Trump and he, he kind of condescending. Count to 10, Donald count to 10. Yeah, it was like, he was treating him like a little kid, which was how Trump usually treats everyone. And, Perhaps he was stealing some of Trump's mojo. <laughs> Maybe. Well, this is the only time I saw Trump really get rattled. Was this debate? Cruz was really laying on the uh, laying on thick the Americana. He was saying, "This is this campaign is for the single moms, the truck drivers, the steel workers, the the mechanics with the calluses on their hands, the students with their college debt." Like he was going full on populist for for a minute there. God knows, guys who got uh, scholarships for a debate to go to Harvard or whatever it was are all for the common man. <laughs> The pipe workers calluses should be scholarships to go to Trump University. We should give one out. That should be a prize. <laughs> I told you I want an honorary doctorate from Trump. You, I would do anything to get one. Anything. All right, the offer's Any- out there, Donald. <laughs> you can get an, an official endorsement from Brian Williams. Oh, done different. and done. One I'll, I'll hand stitch him an endorsement. How much does an honorary well. diploma cost to issue? You know, nothing. Three dollars free to him. Hopefully, it doesn't make you drop to your knees like Mitt Romney. <laughs> oh, hey now. <laughs> oh, there goes a chance to get mid on this. So <laughs> do you guys think that there is any legitimacy to, to this idea that we do need to stop Trump because he is uniquely worse than than everybody else? Because this seems to be something I hear a lot. And, you know, and, they'll, and uh, there's one thing that was said in this debate that does lend a little bit of credence to that argument. And that is when they brought up torture and they... They said, do you support torture? Will you, you know, when referring to waterboarding and he says, absolutely, we should bring back waterboarding. He said this before. We got to be, I'll be tougher than ever on these guys, on these terrorists, even though he's not talking about people that have had trials or anything like that. So who knows that they're terrorists? And, he's, and then they say, but you know, you, you're going to ask the military to do illegal things. If you're going to you know, advocate to do that And to that, he said, oh, don't worry. They'll, they'll listen to me because I'm a leader and that's what people do. They follow leaders. So, I mean, if he, and he did immediately the next day back down on that and he said yeah i'm aware that there are uh, laws that make certain things war crimes and i would never ask people to do anything that was illegal so you know you already backed down on it but i mean should we be more afraid of trump because of statements like that well it just makes you think that he's a lot again he says these things 
which I don't even know if he necessarily believes. We talked about this before, too. I think he just says stuff. I don't think he even believes it. He just gets it out there, throws it out there, see how it does, gets a reaction. He's like, okay, I got to bring that back now. Never mind. People aren't digging that one. You know, it's like the wall thing. There's no way a wall is ever going to get built. There's just no fucking way. But he keeps saying it because it's getting good reaction. The torture thing, maybe in the same same vein, you know, maybe he's trying to play up the Christie people who are all about, you know, 9-11 rhetoric and going after the terrorists and yada, yada, yada. So maybe that was his bone he's throwing to them. So whether or not you should take it seriously, I mean, you can't not, but I still just don't believe that he that he even believes what he's saying. I think he's trying to spew machismo. He's trying to be the tough guy, the leader, the guy people are going to listen to, the guy who will be hard on terrorists, and whatever he has to say to sound like that is fine because he's the master persuader, and he says big, bold things, and it gets it makes the conversation entirely about him, and this is another, and this is just an, an analytical view of his strategy, but that's clearly what he, he tries to do, and he's fine backing down. He even yeah. said that in the debate. He said, I'm flexible. I'll be flexible on things. I'm a negotiator. He even says this. He lays it out right for you. He's not, I mean, it's all right there if you're listening. Right, and, and he knows that he'll get massive press coverage. Okay, he throws that out there. Then he says, all right, now I'm going to change my mind and bring it back, and he knows he'll get massive press coverage on the fact that he then brought it back and said, oh, I would never do, you know, ask our military to do something unethical. So he's playing, he's like playing both sides of the game. So is Trump worse, do you think, than, than these other guys because of the stuff? Or do you think it's just he stands for what they stand for, but says it louder? Every every debate, I I, I I go back and forth on who's worse, whether it's uh, whether it's Trump or somebody else. I mean, it, did Kasich win any points here? I don't know. If we ask you who's the worst, I don't know. Who's the best? I don't know. They're all I'm pretty, not sure they're all pretty crap know, at this though, point. But John Kasich did once balance the budget. Yes. In, in where? Ohio. Can I, no, can in, I? The, in the United States, in the what? federal budget is what he's referring to. Did he really do that? I thought that was, I thought yeah, he was just he talking was about his Congress. case. He's been talking about it for five months, Brian. I started zoning out, I think. I do have a fun fact about John Kasich, if I may. This guy is just here with all the fun facts. This is great. <laughs> Best friends with Feldman in high school. <laughs> so, yeah. so, well, they were on the track team together. As we all know, um, John Kasich is from Ohio, but the fun fact. Oh, wait, shh. The fun fact for John is that he once was uh, at a blockbuster and someone told him, you know, rent Fargo. Did anyone hear the story? No, please continue. Okay, so this is, his, I'm already intrigued. Him and his wife watched Fargo and they were told it was a comedy and they were disgusted by it. And they <laughs> they returned it and demanded that Blockbuster remove all copies of Fargo from its shelves. What? And when, when they didn't, he followed up numerous times until his wife finally told him, you need to drop this. So <laughs> oh, my God. He, you know what? He reluctantly dropped his crusade you know, to get Fargo out of video stores. You know what? I used to get so mad at Blockbuster because they had American Ninja 2 and 3, but not the original. I wonder if John Kasich had something to do with it. Not <laughs> <laughs> Without American a doubt. Ninja 3 was just it, – it was advertised as a comedy and it was not – it was violent <laughs> and brutal. My God, that is hilarious. <laughs> Michael Dudikoff's best work. Thanks, John Kasich. <laughs> Maybe, if that was you. Well, he was awful, though, um, with his foreign policy. Because sometimes he says things that are, you know, you're like, think, okay, that's not that bad. It seems to be kind of, you know, reasonable on certain issues. And then he's like, boots on the ground everywhere. We're going to be arming Ukraine if anyone yeah, attacks like, any country in NATO it's an attack on the US uh, all this rhetoric against China and North Korea it's like geez. yeah he gets this yeah he gets this label as the reasonable one and he I think that's more his demeanor than his actual policy statements because 
He literally said he wants to start basically like three more wars, like Syria, full-scale war, Iraq, and uh, Ukraine while we're at it. Oh, which means war with Russia, which is also what it means in Syria. So, yeah, let's just basically he's your World War Three candidate right now. Right. And yet he comes they, across they, as this calm, reasonable gentleman. I mean, he's not winning votes, so I'm not too, too well. Concerned and then about the debate previous to this, though, we were talking about how he had the reasonable foreign policy because he, he had said he was against. He said he was against regime change and how, we, you know, Assad was better. We should you know, like we shouldn't go and, and overthrow Assad and how Saddam was better in the Middle East. and The U.S. shouldn't have done that. And regime change was bad. So he keeps going back and forth when he says one thing in one debate and then the next debate, it's completely opposite. And I just, so he's confusing the living hell out of it. Yeah, that is what John Kasich does. He's a monkey wrench. <laughs> he's been a, he's been an interesting fellow actually in this campaign. Surprisingly, I didn't even think you'd make it remotely this far. And I think he's only still there to screw over Trump or at least and maybe sell to, some books. Him and uh, yeah, him and Rubio are there just to, prevent trump from winning the uh <laughs> nomination before the the convention well maybe that's why there's so many debates too is because they're like yeah the republicans like all right trump's still pulling well we need about 50 more debates of these guys teaming up on him to really try to tear him down <laughs> it's gonna be like when uh who wants to be a millionaire first became popular and they went to five days a week <laughs> <That's> <laughs> exactly. are we gonna have nightly republican debates hey did you guys watch Republican debate last night no but i'm gonna catch it tonight and catch up <laughs> Oh my God. <laughs> All, All right. right. Anyway, anything else? Oh, hold on. Uh, we probably should move on to the democratic debate, but Probably. before we do, can I ask everybody this? Cause Mark and I had a, guy a gets little one takes a host in and he tells me what we should move on to next. <laughs> well, I'm looking at the clock, man. I'm like, what the hell? It's going to be an hour and 45 minute show. But no, I want to ask everybody this because Mark and I had a little back and forth about yeah, we who, okay, which candidate has the most annoying voice and the most punchable face? All right. Well, I already stated it in our live blog, which you can find every during every debate at lionsofliberty.com, uh, that Ted Cruz, to me, wins both awards. I do not like hearing him speak. Uh, it makes me physically angry, and his face just is, makes me want to hit it. So, yeah. Ted Cruz all, all gets the full, full gamut on that one. I don't see where there's a debate against that. So, all right, Howie, uh, I would go with Marco Rubio, actually, though. I mean, there's a strong argument for to... Rubio. I can concede that. Thank you. OK, go ahead, Howie. <laughs> no, I mean, it's not much to it. I mean, every time he speaks, I want to punch him in the face. <laughs> we don't need to elaborate <laughs> too deeply on these answers. I, I don't think they require it's more of a gut reaction. Uh, much of a soliloquy to best. I don't know. Uh, Ted Cruz, his face is too much like Snape's. I don't want to punch him as much as. Yeah, good old Severus Cruz. <laughs> I see. I agree. Marco Rubio to me is the most punchable. I find his. I find his entire demeanor obnoxious. I find his voice obnoxious and his stupid little smug boy face. God, I just hate him so little much. Little Marco. Oh, little Marco. Marco. So he's my most punchable by far. But Cruz is a close second. Okay. <laughs> now that we got the heavy hitting questions, <laughs> that's um, what the people want to know, man. That's what's going to be on the forum tomorrow. Post so who do you, who do you guys think actually benefited from this debate? Because I think we all agree for the first time, Trump didn't come out maybe as the winner of this, or as the the as the with the best. He didn't come out the best from this anyway. I think Cruz came out the best just by sitting back for most of it, and uh, but also getting the better on Donald in a couple exchanges. Yeah, yeah, I guess. I mean, Cruz I think we're all losers the room. in this debate, to be honest. <laughs> there was four losers in the debate, and they're all speaking right now. Because <laughs> we had to watch it, and now we have to talk about it. Oh, but yeah, uh, I think Cruz came off the best um, just because he. I think he's pulling up now. He, um, Trump's going down a little bit. The other two are basically irrelevant at this point. 
Yeah, the thing is, I think Trump's got some of these later states locked up, too, though. I think he's going to get New York locked up. I think California's locked up for him. So I think this is all he's got a little blip in his radar. But that's I mean, people, the states he's losing right now are like the states you would think he would lose there. So I don't know. I don't I think he's unstoppable in terms of the popular vote. Whatever happens with shenanigans, I do not know because it's going to be because never has there been this kind of situation before we have one candidate who's massively more popular than the others and winning more votes than the others in within the party primaries and at the same time everybody in that party is against him every i mean truly against him not just not it's a, this goes beyond just like how people snipe at each other during an election i mean you got they're bringing out big party guys mitt romney they're they're tossing out there and of all people to come can out we, against yeah, someone can we talk about that for a minute is mitt romney some bastion of popularity in the republican and party consistency and that, that people are like oh <laughs> mitt romney is against him we better listen he, he ran a terrible campaign like trump said he <laughs> I don't think he's that He's a loser, as Trump would say. <laughs> Why are people going to listen to him? I, I don't understand. They're not. <laughs> They're it, not. It's seemingly... Uh, no, and I think the, the worst part is that uh, these people are so unself-aware, they don't realize that this stuff helps Trump because his whole narrative is that the establishment has screwed you over. It's kind of the same narrative as Bernie in a way, but coming from the other side, the, the, the establishment has screwed you over. These people are all messing with our country. They're screwing you over with trade deals, and I'm going to fix it because I'm not going to take any of this BS. And that's his shtick. And when they send Mitt Romney out there to go against him, it, it just perfectly plays into his narrative. It's like they're writing this for him. Now he can say, of course, they had to send this hack Mitt Romney out there to, to try to stop me. This guy, this loser, he's the reason you have Obama. I mean, it's so perfect for him. It's so perfect. And he doesn't even take advantage of it as not enough. I mean, they had this like Heritage Foundation thing with like a thousand conservatives, like respected conservatives signed this letter. These experts, these foreign policy experts and all these things signed this letter against Trump. I mean, what he should should just say yeah these are the neocon idiots that have led to our foreign policy you're damn right i take i'm proud that they're against me you know and he actually said something one good thing that's great in the debate he said would it be so terrible if we actually got along with other countries in the world and they hate when he says stuff like that because their whole policy is based on there there have to be a bunch of wars that we're involved in overseas that's that's entirely what they're all about that wing of people that condemn him and i don't like the guy but stuff like that makes me sort of root for him at those specific moments not that I necessarily want to see. I don't want to see any of these people as president. I have they a similar. Fear. I have a similar problem in that you once in a while you're like, ah, oh, man, that Trump. Okay, he's got some points, but yeah, you just feel bad. And then he says it. he wants to torture people, and you're like, right, ah, yeah, okay, <laughs> or he wants to build a wall, or that he hates Muslims, and he wants to. It's like, or, all right, or he'll intimidate somehow. Um, four-star military generals. <laughs> oh, they'll listen to me. Don't you worry. I give a mean noogie. These I give a mean noogie, Mr. General. You'll torture him. Combat for years and years are somehow going to be intimidated by Donald Trump. I found- you can just put him in a room with his children for a couple hours and they'll crack. Those two dullards. <laughs> <laughs> Points for the using the term dullard. All right. Speaking of dullards, I think that's a great segue to our uh, Democratic debate. Uh, although, you know, and we won't get too in-depth on this because really, although this was a little bit different in the sense that it, it took place in Flint. Uh, there, so there's a political connotation right off the bat from this the water crisis. And they they did go into a few interesting issues that were pressed upon them a little more than, than normal. And uh, I'll, I'll just mention two of them that we can talk about. One is Anderson Cooper kind of um, – well, Secretary. What was Secretary. that? <laughs> secretary. Like, oh, yeah, no. so it was either secretary secretary or senator 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 <laughs> senator he, he was really not that good at trying to get in on them better than wolf blitzer though like, nobody was worse than wolf blitzer secretary secretary 
<laughs> senator. Um, but yeah, they they basically they brought up this guy that asked the question. Hey, uh, it's cool that you guys are all talking about Flint, but uh, you only started two weeks ago, and this has been going on for five months. So what's up with that? Is this all politics? And of course, they both denied it. They've always cared about Flint. They've always cared about the water of Flint, of course, for for years and years. They've been concerned about Detroit and and the auto industry and all this stuff. And uh, but uh, I did like that they actually went after. Um, the auto bailout stuff and that Hillary, while she proudly proclaimed her support for it, Bernie uh, and, and went after Bernie for not supporting the auto bailout. Bernie didn't back down. He said, yeah, you don't need to, to bail everybody out. And then went right back after Hillary about her support of the much, much larger bank bailouts in 2008, which I thought was awesome. Yeah. I thought he came off really strong tonight and it, that was great to hear. I, I don't think criticizing the auto bailout helped him with that audience but probably not but it's but the people watching that makes on it even TV, a little more ballsy you know yeah i think people watching on tv though or most of them probably agree with this like everybody was against the bailout but the except stop for calling like three companies in detroit the auto industry all right there's more cars will exist if, if they went out of business no, as rico no. pointed out in the blog well and ford didn't take any cars. bailout money and they're doing just fine we would yep. have no cars guys if, if we wasn't <laughs> people, hillary clinton no more driving we didn't have a bailout <laughs> I was happy to see. I was happy to see Bernie stand the attack against Hillary, though he he treated her too too uh, easy in pr- prior debates. It's been kid gloves uh, with, yeah. with Bernie a lot, and and Hillary kind of seems to be the opposite. She seems to be going out of her way to agree with Hillary as much as possible. She, Amen. I, I mean, that. agree with Bernie. That is because. <laughs> I mean, after his first opening statement, the first thing she goes is, first of all, amen to that. And then she's like, but here's why I'm a little bit better than Bernie. Like, she's not really attacking him strongly while he was going after her pretty hard tonight. Well, you know what clash I loved was the the, uh, import-export bank, the two of them going at it over that. Because Bernie was not backing off the fact that it's just corporate welfare and it's just used to carry political favors. And Hillary Clinton's desperately trying to defend her support of it. Oh, I mean, I love when Anderson Cooper said, so when you were talking about companies like Boeing and, uh, you know, Caterpillar and these huge companies, do they really need this money? And she's like, you know what? I think I, I thought that too at first, Anderson. And, and I looked into it and I, I determined that they, they do actually need this money from, <laughs> from the taxpayer. This was like unbelievable. Just unabashedly just being a crony. Well, um, along those lines, uh, my history may be a little bit off, but did Hillary vote for the Trans-Pacific uh, agreement? Well, no, because well, she wasn't in Senate when it came up okay. for a vote. So, she, I she, thought she supported, she supported it, but she, but she wrote it, negotiated it, and held a press conference in Singapore where she touted how great it was and only now as a presidential <laughs> but candidate. after she had time to read it. Well, yes. Well, after she read the, the, the uh, agreement she that she helped negotiate, <laughs> only then did she realize that she wrote a piece of garbage and that it's not that good. <laughs> It's really incredible, awesome. this woman. This woman is She's written amazing. several novels. She did not remember. Went back and just, they were amazing. She's like, <laughs> when I, I, read, I read It Takes a Village. Terrible book. Just atrocious. <laughs> Return that. that. That was a great uh, moment in the debate where she denounced, after she had further time to review that, uh, <laughs> right. that, that agreement. She's like, oh, after I, I, after I read it, it was no longer any good. Now, I'm going to just quickly <laughs> shout out another one of my past co- podcast guests, Jen Briney of Congressional Dish, because she did a whole thing on this, on Hillary Clinton and the Trans-Pacific Partnership. And the, she played the clip of her from like three years ago up at a press conference in Singapore talking about how great this agreement was, that she helped negotiate it, touting her involvement with it. Like, it's so insane. It's the exact opposite of what she says now, even though she still has to admit she helped negotiate it because she did. 
did. It's a fact. It can't be denied. But she somehow still tries to spin it into opposition to it, which is just it's absurd. Hesla, just like her, just like the uh, the omnibus crime bill when they brought that up. And she's like backtracking. And she's like, oh, yeah, well, you know, there was a lot of good things in there. We had good intentions. And you know, it's like, it's like Charles the Manson denouncing Helter Skelter. Right. Yeah. Terrible. Oh, no. Terrible book. Now we have all about justice reform. It's like, uh, no, you were fully in support of this bill. You loved it. Your husband signed it. You were all about it. It would be amazing if Fox did a Democratic debate, which uh, they haven't done that yet, have they? No, that's not happening. <laughs> yeah. yeah no we should. Have Sean Hannity and Megan, Rush Limbaugh yeah, hosted. Or where Megyn Kelly can do the PowerPoint presentation against Hillary Clinton like they did to Trump, which was probably – Big reason why the Democrats would never have the debate on, no, no. on Fox because they know they would just destroy Hillary with her. By the way, d- to go back to that, Donald Trump and Megyn Kelly are totally hooking up once this whole election thing is over. <laughs> you just know it. The tension. The tension is high. See the fire in their eyes. <laughs> oh, man. Um, so what, what, what other points from this Democratic debate? We don't need to get too, too, too in depth. On well, this. one thing I want to bring up is how ridiculous it was where Hillary Clinton was talking about Boeing versus Airbus. And she's like, well, you know, Airbus's government is going out and, and really advocating for them. And it's like, what, what are you talking about? You want the U.S. government to go out and work as a sales agent for <laughs> Boeing now? That's literally what she said. She said, I go yeah. around the world advocating, selling American products. Like, what are you talking So you're basically just saying that the U.S. government and the presidency is there to help corporations american corporations around the world which is exactly what bernie sanders is saying you stand for i mean she's saying it and then he's saying that she's a crony capitalist and she's saying yes i am it's it's crazy (laughs) to watch but saying in this way that comes across positive somehow in her which i guess to her consistency constituency because she got applause for it a lot of applause actually i thought she did better than bernie in this this crowd well, I think a lot of people that that's really support Clinton, though, don't even really care what she says. They're just going to clap no matter what because they've already decided that they support Hillary Clinton. It seems like everybody that they got up to ask questions, they're like, oh, and just before we start, this guy's a Sanders supporter. It's, it's, <laughs> yeah, they did say that like, every time. They, they all were Sanders supporters. But one of the things I liked that Bernie did tonight was that he wouldn't like give in to Hillary's idea of holding gun manufacturers responsible for crimes that people commit. Like the fact that he brought up that that would be the end of gun manufacturing in America. Like who's going to. There's no legal theory of liability to hold a manufacturer of a legal product um, <laughs> responsible for a, the product operating, you know, in a way it's intended. not intended to. Well, yeah. right. Or by somebody it's else. In, it's, to yeah. shoot. it's not right. intended to exactly. be used in a mass murder, but right. it's intended to fire a bullet. So there's no product liability, you know, I mean, people kill people with knives, yeah. with cars, with bats, with crowbars. I mean, right. you can't hold a, objects and the people who create them accountable for bad things done with them. It's ridiculous. It's yeah, it sets a very product. dangerous precedent where, where you could you could sue over anything. Like you imagine, you know, those old people that crashed into a farmer's market and killed like 18 people. You're going to sue Ford because of that, because they drove the car yeah, into the farmer's market. No. Dangerous vehicles. Clearly, yes, exactly. It's like it, it's absurd. You could, do, and like you said, you could do it with, with like any product now. It's, it's it, it would never work. And to say to, to for Hillary Clinton to be like, oh yeah, they need to get sued. It's just so stupid. Well, I mean, if, if they could be sued, that's the end of guns. Period. Because yeah, you, for sure, you can't make a gun if you're going to be sued if someone uses it to commit a crime, and you have you know, there's no way of anticipating that. 
So no, it'd just be three D printed guns would just be on the rise. That's all. That's what would happen. And Sanders is funny because he he touts his D plus or whatever D minus rating from the NRA, and he he tries to say he's anti gun, and he 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 did vote for the assault weapons ban. He's not great on guns. He's not fantastic, but he's much much better than a lot of the other Democrats who basically just want. They bought, they want what Hillary's saying, where you can just sue gun manufacturers and they want ways to literally take guns out of the hands of people. And I don't think that Bernie really wants that. I think he just, he is someone who wants some gun control and he wants some stuff we might not agree with, but he's not unreasonable completely about it. And Hillary and a lot of other Democrats are. Uh, I think one important point to uh, mention about Hillary is, you know, Generally speaking, she has a very condescending, smug look on her face whenever anyone says anything that can definitely more punchable than Sanders. Yeah, considered derogatory (laughs) towards her. But I think she was legitimately flustered and angry when the uh, moderator, not Anderson, whatever his name was, um, pressed her on the um, the uh, criminal. uh, Oh, the yeah, the 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 crime bill of ninety four. Yeah, the ninety four crime bill and how it kind of led to increased incarceration. She, she got legitimately angry about that and uh, really tried to avoid the question as much as possible. So I think that's a big area of weakness for her since she seems to pride on, on being the, you know, the champion of minorities or oppressed um, people when really her actions in the Well, her and Sanders both have the same excuse for that, that whole, well, you know, every bill's going to have some good and some bad. And hey, I, I really wanted to ban assault weapons, which is in there. And I wouldn't be able to do that if I yeah, didn't agree to this other stuff. Unless you agree to that shitty bill. Great. So send, send <laughs> uh, you know, millions of lives to jail so you can pass this other political agenda you have. Come on. I don't, I mean, I, I agree Bernie's better than her on this stuff, but I think that's still a cop out. Except responsibility for it. Say you were wrong. You shouldn't have voted it. He wouldn't say yeah, exactly. that. Exactly. That's what pisses me off. He wouldn't even say that. He still has justified it. You know, he's, he couldn't say, well, that was uh, the wrong thing to do. We can realize that in hindsight, at least. He couldn't even say that for the guy that's supposed to be the criminal justice reform guy. I mean, come on. It's like he's, he's like good on some things, but the things he's good on, he's just not strong enough on. Except for tonight, he was strong. He was very strong on the crony capitalism stuff, and I'll give him points for that. But he's just, uh, I want him to be like really against the drug war, really for criminal justice reform, and he just never gets there. He never gets there. Yeah, well, even waffled on the. Yeah, we were giving credit for saying that you know, the gun manufacturers shouldn't be sued. But then, did he catch that weird? He then went off into another weird uh, old man Bernie tangent, where then he was like, "Well, well, you know what? Except uh, you know, with gun manufacturers that sell into areas where there's a lot of criminals buying guns, that maybe they should be sued or held accountable." Which yeah, he started I, I was to like, trail off there. That, that made absolutely no sense whatsoever. It's like, like well, wait, so, so what if a, a gun manufacturer is in Inglewood now? It's got to be shut down. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's like, give me a break. Well, yeah, gun manufacturers aren't selling guns illegally, though. They're they're manufacturing <laughs> guns to sell legally. Like that's like nothing about it made any sense at all. It's like okay, it like so a, if it's, it's a high criminal area, you can sue the gun manufacturer because there's more criminals using the guns improperly. Like, uh oh, census data just indicated it's a high crime area. We gotta get it. Pull our business. Pull our business. <laughs> Uh, that was nuts. <laughs> and not to mention his constant like rally or railing against the corporations, no matter what the context of the question was. Sometimes it made no sense at all. He's just like, well, the corporations. It's <laughs> like, okay. Right. And hey, yeah, and do you like it? This is kind of the same vein. He, I can't remember exactly what led into it, but he was talking about 
you know, cost like the, the wages that people are getting paid. And he was like, you know what? We can't have Americans competing against foreign uh, foreign workers. And it's like, well, Bernie, do you understand that in a you know, if you're going to be trading at all, if you want goods to come from any other country uh, and you don't want to ban all trade, they're always going to be competing against other countries. Right. That's kind of the way things work. Well, Bernie's just going to set a minimum wage in Mexico. So. <laughs> I think that's what I was hearing. I'm arguing for Mexican minimum wage. China minimum wage. Like from 10 cents to $10 an hour. They'll be thrilled. They'll be turning out in droves to vote for So do you think this debate did anybody for either of these candidates? Or, I mean, at this point, I feel like Hillary and Bernie supporters are, are locked in. And they're just, I mean, I, I don't feel like there's that many in, in the party that are probably going to be swayed by these debates. But maybe. If anyone's on the fence, though, I mean, who do you, who do you guys think came across better? We'll start with Howie. I think Bernie, this is one of his best performances. He he seemed a lot stronger, um, didn't back down on anything. I, I think you're probably right that most people already have their uh, minds made up. And actually, I wish they would just stop having these debates. I think, <laughs> I think enough has been enough. Um, and I don't know if you guys ever look at like, uh, our politics on Reddit. Like the Clinton and Sanders people are just like savaging each other every day. Like the attacks are brutal. There's... I don't got know. that DNC chair to, to resign and endorse him, huh? That was awesome. I oh, it. yeah. She sounds like a pretty uh, principled woman. Based too. on foreign policy views as well. Yeah, yeah. She's, she's a veteran and just she Hillary's hawkishness. She can't stand by him. You know what? Yeah, they didn't get into a foreign policy at all tonight. In the Democratic debate. That's that's kind of maybe annoying. We, maybe we do need one more Democratic debate. <laughs> yeah, they need to actually talk. I think they need to go into a lot. Well, actually, the last couple, I well, think, Howie, really got your wishes are being granted because, folks, this show is airing on Monday. And two days from that, you will have another Democratic debate. So guess what? Unbelievable. What is the point of that? Three days later. They better. Well, well hopefully it's all foreign policy. I want debates centered on one damn topic that are one hour long. That's what I want. There's good and bad news. Yes, there's two more debates this week, a Democrat and a Republican. Uh, that's the bad news, I guess. Good news if you like listening to these debate shows where we talk about stuff. Um, good news is there's no other scheduled debates now that I know of. Now, at the, at the debate sites I, I view here, I there's TBD possible debates in April and May, but I don't see any actual scheduled. So I think there probably will be more, if, especially if they drag this both these things out to the convention they'll like they can't just like stop doing debates for four months but um i don't know i don't know when they are so we're gonna need to think of new stuff to talk about first of all <laughs> there will be plenty second of all rico we didn't get to you or did we, or did we even get to brian oh you guys th- did you guys think that bernie like how is did better in this debate bernie for sure uh, yeah i thought bernie did better um it's all relative but, but you know i i think he had a lot of slip ups and I think Hillary's just in this mode where she's like, I got this locked up. I'm treading water. And that's why she's going to, yeah, we have a lot of agreements here. I, I agree with what he's saying. Cause why rock the boat? She wants to play nice with the, the yeah. Bernie people because yeah. she wants them fully on board she, later. She's on. not going to make any major mistakes. She doesn't day. need to be on the attack. You know, me. she's, she's fine the way she is. She's just like, whatever I'm getting through this. He's not winning. I'm just not going to say any, anything dumb. She's too smart of a politician to make any huge mistake. And, and I think she's got this nomination pretty much locked up. 
I pray you're wrong because I I would much rather see Bernie come out of the uh, of the two of them. But yeah, you're, you're probably right though, and I and I do agree. She doesn't really go out of her way to attack Bernie's positions because she doesn't want to anger supporters. Who let's be honest, a lot of them probably are going to default vote for Hillary no matter what because people get locked into the two parties and they have no option according to vote for any, anyone else. So they have to vote for Hillary. All right. Well, luckily we don't have to vote for Hillary. We don't have to vote for any of these people because. Well, because we live in a free country still, mostly. <laughs> Until that darn Hitler, Donald Trump gets in. Hey, can we can we talk about one last thing real quick? Does uh, anyone besides me looking at Mark's uh, computer screen know that Jeb Bush has four delegates? Wow. Good for Jebster. Yeah, that's yeah, one just, more delegate than the delegate that, count. What's the first name? Doesn't, I think Rand has one. He has one, right? Huckabee has one somehow. Carly Farina has one, and Jeb Bush has four. Carson has eight, so maybe that's what he's sucking for. He was waiting to get to the magic number of eight, hand them all copies (laughs) of his book and his movie with Cuba Gooding Jr., and then move on. What happens to these delegates when the candidate drops out? Well, if they're pledged, they're pledged. So Uh, I don't know if they're all pledged or not. They're not all necessary pledged delegates, but uh, if they drop out, I'm not actually sure. I think they become released if they officially remove their name from contention. Mm. Otherwise, they'll all be released. You know, if they get, if there's no nominee, you know, if there's no consensus nominee at first. Donald Trump's picture on this graphic, I might have to link to this because it is just <laughs> ridiculous. Like <laughs> the others all have pretty normal pictures, and then Trump just looks like a complete ridiculous cartoon. Um, <laughs> anyway, we've covered a lot today, gentlemen, and um, I really appreciate you guys hanging in there with me. I appreciate everyone at home hanging in with me or on your vehicle however you listen to this podcast uh we do of course appreciate your support and the reason we keep doing these shows is because you listen to them so if you keep liking them keep listening to them please do subscribe on itunes on stitcher radio wherever you listen to this program and please do leave us a five-star rating and a great review because that'll really help us pump up in those rankings and get this thing out to more people and keep this liberty conversation going guys until next time I'm not going to mess around. It's time to sign off. So why don't you join me when I tell everyone at home to please live long and live.